Brace yourself for Steve Fisher and Byron Tidwell, Old Guys Bitching. I'm Steve. Hey, I'm Byron. And we are the Old Guys Guys Bitching. Bitching. Oh, I almost got harmony there. So, I, so I was gonna launch right into the Kavanaugh shit, uh-huh. but then I had the problems with Comcast and Xfinity, and then dealing with these support people. And you tell them I'm in a hurry, and they go, "Okay, can you give me two minutes?" No, I can't give you two minutes. I'm in a hurry. What don't you understand? They don't understand hurry. And then they ask, "What's the problem?" Well, when you first sign on to these things, you have to enter. What the problem is, it asks. Of course. Give us a brief yeah. summary. So why don't they know that when they finally connect? Do they not read it? No, why should they? Who gets Jeez. that message? Oh, some guy in uh, Bolivia. Oh, God. I want to know his name. I want to fly down there and throttle him. His name is Pablo. Pablo. And, and he has his little friend with him. So. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that for a bit. Now, now, all right. Now, I, I got that bitching out of my system. What? Uh, let's talk about uh, Mr. Kavanaugh and uh, Dr. Ford. Well, Mr. Kavanaugh is causing me to get threatened by evangelical Christians online. I I have a suspicion they are not evangelical Christians, and <laughs> that their their name is Serge or uh, uh, Ivan. Well, you know that would be great, except I actually know the people who have been threatening me and telling me that I'm in Satan's hands and that I have gone godless, and so I just you know did the old unfriend block unfriend block unfriend block. So where do you know these people from? Oh, you know, I've lived a long time, and people <laughs> haunt, and people haunt me. <laughs> It, it, it's times like this when you start thinking, why have I lived so long? <laughs> I could have checked out years ago. <laughs> Especially if these people are armed, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, no, every single one of them, uh, when I knew them, they were in show business. And then there came a certain point when I was not living anywhere close to these people. And and I saw them go to the dark side of pseudo-Christianity. And as I explained to one friend today who was commenting, how do you know these people? And I said, you know, they're just kind of hangers on. But I said, don't try and get biblical with them because they're not familiar with the Bible. Right, right. They're not familiar with anything uh, of humanity. And, uh, well, in fact, uh, the other day I uh, told somebody that he was on the wrong side of history and humanity. <laughs> and, and that's their response. Their response to everything that they don't agree with is to threaten to kill. Uh, yeah, and you know, uh, in today's Washington Post, there is an article about uh, Christian 
evangelical leaders who were saying, if you don't uh, get uh, Kavanaugh commoted, commoted, <laughs> let's flush him. If you don't get him confirmed, <laughs> then, then the evangelical voters will be so depressed that they won't vote in November, I think. Hey, that's a goal. Hey, but, how about know, the, if they're so depressed they kill themselves? Well, that, you know, that's, that's a goal. That, then they would truly be commoted. That would, that would do the world a favor, though. The, uh, but, I, I, I mean, that's what this poor Dr. Ford is going with. The woman just wanted to come forward and, and tell her story, and she's had to move out of her house, move her husband and kids out, because they're getting death threats. Of course. And, you know, again, these uh, Christian leaders, let me go ahead and name names here. Ralph Reed, uh, Franklin Graham, <laughs> and uh, some clown in Houston, Presley something, not Elvis. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> The frauds all, <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, yeah, that, not one of them is actually Christian. Not right. one single uh, person of that I just named. They they obviously don't know what it means to be Christian. And uh, you know, for those of you who don't see my Facebook thread, I did a uh, a little graphic yesterday saying, you know, what are you afraid of, Grassley? What are you afraid of, McConnell? What are you afraid of, Graham? What are you afraid of, Kavanaugh? Are you afraid an in, an investigation may turn up a truth that does not benefit you? Christine Blasey Ford is brave enough to ask for an investigation. Weenies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they are. No, it, it's and, and every uh, every lawyer says there should be an investigation, and there's no rush. To confirm him. It's like, let's get to the truth before you vote to confirm this guy for a lifetime appointment. Because if you put him on the bench, if you put him on the Supreme Court, and then all the truth finally comes out and it's it, and he is indeed guilty, then you're just going to have to impeach him. And that's going to get ugly and messy. And that'll be the first time since Samuel Cooper in, what, 1889? Yeah, yeah. But, so, but anyway... You know, it, it just is getting so frustrating that the Republican Party, since about 1980, the only way they can win, well, I'm, I'm not going to use the term win, the only way they can achieve their goals is to game the system and cheat. Right. That's it. That's it. So, Grassley, you're 85 years old, you're senile, get the hell out. Orrin Hatch, you've already said you're getting the hell out. Why don't you do it this afternoon? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. But let's let's be fair. Let's be fair and let's be honest. There really is no Republican Party right now. No. What is masquerading as Republicans are not true Republicans. They do not stand for any of the things the Republican Party used to stand for and that true Republicans stand for. And so they all need to go. Yeah, you know, I admire Dwight Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. And Dwight Eisenhower was a Republican. Yeah, yeah. Now, since then, I can't say that anybody um, tickled my fancy. No, no. <laughs> they haven't. But, you know, as much as I, I did not like the policies of um, Reagan or Bush 1 or even Bush 2, um, I never feared that they were setting out to destroy the com the country. Uh, you know, I always felt, that, okay, maybe their policies are not what we needed, but I, I always thought that they, they thought they were going in the right 
direction. Oh, yeah. Iran-Contra was definitely right. Yeah. Well, I don't think these guys think they have the country at heart at all. It's just a matter of them winning. That's it. And that is Mitch McConnell in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, McConnell needs to die right now. All he wants but to I'm do— But I'm not going to call him in threat. Uh, right. All he wants to do is achieve whatever immediate satisfaction is sitting in front of him. He is, as I've, uh, as I have defined him on this podcast before, treasonous traitor Mitch McConnell. That's it, because he cares not for America in any way, shape, or form. And uh, you know, when he started in Congress, he was, uh, he, he was your, uh, you know, Republican thousandaire. And now, just look at him. He is worth, what, a quarter of a billion? Well, but now, wait a minute. Is that because of graft or whatever else he's taking in office? Or is it just because he married well? I don't know. How long has he been married to Elaine Chow? Chow. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it is probably, you could probably follow the money to insider trading. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, because her family is loaded. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're Chinese billionaires or whatever, so or millionaires at least. Um, so I'm sure he he's got some money from them. And what the hell does she see in him? She's an attractive woman, and he is one of the ugliest guys I've ever seen. As uh, John Stewart used to portray him as the uh, you know the dull-witted turtle from right. the Warner Brothers cartoons. <laughs> I, but I don't think that's fair to the toll-witted turtle from the cartoons. No, because he had a good heart. That's right. <laughs> this guy this guy has no heart. I mean, yeah. nobody on the Republican side seems to have a heart. And the ones that do uh, are keeping quiet. And my friends in Kentucky, I got a bunch of friends in Kentucky. Okay, dude. That's your first mistake. That, that, no, they, they're good people. They are. Okay. But, but okay, dudes, what you need to do is the, uh, what is it, the rule of seven? Everybody can directly influence the opinion of seven people. So each friend, I want you to influence the seven people you can influence and encourage them to influence the seven people they can influence. And pretty soon, you're going to have enough to just uh, dropkick Mitch McConnell across the Ohio River and let somebody else deal with him. (laughs) I want to see that. Can they televise it? Pay-per-view. Hell, I'll pay for that. Oh, pay-per-view. Yeah. Let's pay down the national debt. But I I got a great idea. Mitch, you're so uh, interested in money. You set up the pay-per-view. You can have it just so long as we can drop kick you across the Ohio River. And hopefully only halfway. (laughs) I I don't want him to make it to the other side. Yeah, you know, it's not like the Mississippi River. It's not that big. You know, halfway, it's not going to get it. (laughs) So, I, I mean, we are, by all accounts... Um, even if uh, Dr. Ford comes forward next week and testifies, the, the consensus is that this guy is going to get confirmed anyway. Uh, yeah, unless the Republicans figure out they need to protect their phony baloney jobs, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, it's up to the voters to make it clear right now. I mean, don't even wait for the election day. Uh, make it clear right now that... If they confirm this guy, they don't have your vote. Well, as I posted again, yeah, I wish I had more friends on Facebook. It'd 
be a lot more influential. But I posted again on Facebook to the Republican. Well, you keep unfriending them. So, <laughs> <laughs> to the Republican men on the Senate Judiciary Committee, two words. Women's March. Yeah, yeah. Women, we need you in. I was, you know, I was talking to somebody today uh, via email and having a conversation about this. And, and they were, it was two women, and they were lamenting that uh, the fact that there are not enough women in Congress and that the white, the old white guys and the old racist white guys in particular are running the country. Um, we need more women. Yes, please. And more minorities to get out and to run for office. And right now, I am vowing you've got my vote. Um, because the old white guy thing, it just hasn't, isn't working and hasn't worked for a long time, and they need to go. Yep, I'm definitely uh, going to be voting for uh, the opponent to, uh, uh, what's his name, Dean Heller here in Nevada, mm -hmm. Jackie Rosen, even though she doesn't have a lot of experience. She has been in Congress. But I'm voting for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are such outstanding women that are turning up, like Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. And uh, Elizabeth Warren, let's not forget Elizabeth Warren. So there are some very dynamic women that are in the Senate, right. but we need right. to— Claire McCaskill uh, today came out maybe and Maybe get about 98 Flat more. out she's not voting for Kavanaugh. Um, Patty, Patty Murray and, and uh, Maria Cantwell from my state— have both said they won't vote for him. And we need to make it clear. Now we need to get like Su Susan Collins and uh, Lisa Murkowski to say the same thing. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, oh, you know, speaking of women, now um, I didn't catch the entire interview of Hillary Clinton on the Rachel Maddow show, but I think I caught the section where she was echoing your concern about uh, when it comes to the uh, mm -hmm. election coming up, you know, 2020, that uh, the current occupant of the White House is going to barricade himself inside. <laughs> that, that's what Bill Maher is afraid of. Bill, Well, B Bill Maher doesn't think he's going to barricade himself. He's just going to declare the, the, the whole election unconstitutional or something or illegal and say, that's it, I'm staying. Well, that was really uh, Hillary Clinton's point, is that uh, he might try to c cancel the election or declare that, you know, he's king. Right. And if, if he does, if he does try something like that, then it behooves all good red-blooded Americans to arm themselves and to go force him out. There has to be a total uh, assault on the White House if that were to, to occur and legal challenges did not work. Yes, because uh, we don't want to betray our entire constitutional history for one seriously mentally ill sociopath. Right. I, now, I wonder what would happen in, in, in all honesty now if, if this... Not honesty, but in in conjecture here, if he really did try that, where would people like James Mattis and uh, um, uh, John, that who, who's his uh, chief of staff? Oh, John John, John Kelly. Kelly um, if those guys would sit back and go along with it, or if we would actually have a military coup. Uh, who knows? You know, if there were an election and he did not abide by the results of the election, 
I would be perfectly happy to see the military remove yeah. him physically. Yeah, physically or, or uh, by force any way they can, uh, even if they have to take him out completely. Uh, it, well, he's such a coward. You know, he is yeah, such he a, would, he would know, probably a coward. Back he would cave so fast. But you know what would be interesting is if he tried that and somehow Jeff Sessions were still... Uh, the secretary of uh, uh, attorney, attorney general. general. Jeez, hello! I'm going out and coming in again. Um, if if Jeff Sessions would be the one to go and arrest them, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Would that be poetic justice? Oh, the little Keebler elf with his pop gun. <laughs> yes, it would give Kate McKinnon a lot of uh, material. <laughs> And Old Guys Bitching with Stephen Byron continues right after this word. Ketchup. Speaking of which, let's turn to something uh, not quite as, or let's say somewhat trivial, but not... Hello? 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 Somebody get that phone. Operators are standing by for your calls. Wait, it's it's Comcast. We're doing a pledge drive. <laughs> Send your money to keep us on the air. Uh, Xfinity wants to know if everything's working. No, okay. I I wouldn't take a call from Xfinity. The uh, but but did you watch the Emmys the other night? Uh, no, apparently nobody else. No, did nobody did. It was like the lowest rated Emmys telecast ever. Uh, and what little I saw of it. Um, I, I made the mistake when it first aired of trying to watch Monday Night Football and seeing my, my poor Seahawks getting uh, looking absolutely awful. And then NBC was nice enough to replay the Emmys. So I started, I recorded it. And when I sat down to watch it, it was so bad. I could not sit through much of it. It was awful. And it's like, what are you thinking? You wonder why you're not getting an audience and you put on a crap show. And it was it was like an all Saturday Night Live. Uh, Lorne Michaels produced it. And it was Colin Jost and Michael Che and Kate McKinnon and, and uh, um, what's his name? Kenan Thompson started the show with a really bad musical number. Um, it was just... It was terrible. It was like the material they usually throw out of uh, Saturday Night Live on the dress rehearsal in the afternoon. It was, oh, man, I I don't know what they were thinking, but it was so bad, I didn't even care who won or lost. Well, you know, the the thing about the Emmys is back when it was just the big three, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC— you you almost had a stake in it because you know you watched one of those networks you watched the nominated shows right. now uh with what uh, a 400 minimally scripted show <laughs> something like that <laughs> every <Yeah>. year <laughs> probably haven't watched any of these shows but we're going to award them anyway <laughs> so. well that's it if you don't subscribe to netflix or hbo or um, uh, Amazon Prime, you're not even seeing the nominated shows anymore. Right. Right. So, I mean, that happens right. to be probably the predominance of shows that I do watch are on those streaming services because network shows are so bad, it's really hard to sit through them. So when they say, well, the network shows don't get any nominations, there's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, there, there is. And when you um, look at the... Uh, 
a lot of the network shows, a lot of the sitcoms, versus what you do see from the streaming services, you're going to go, oh, um, that network thing isn't like uh, funny, is it? <laughs> and and I can tell you that now, every, you know, you have these shows, I have these shows, shows that we have pitched that we can't call them the top or the or, you know the absolute best because um, we're uh, we're we're just humble writers. But I can tell you, I've gotten very strange feedback. Now this is in the past pitching stuff to a network where I was pitching a uh, well it, it's a comedy drama, far more comedy than drama, and the uh, the feedback was. Well, you know, if you're going to do comedy, you have to have a laugh every seven seconds. Yeah, there was that time. And you say, but, dude, I'm trying to tell a story here. Well, as long as you have a laugh every yeah. seven well, seconds. Well, and, but, but, you know, in, the, in those days, the networks would put in a laugh whether there was a legitimate joke or not. They had, it was called sweetening. And they of would course. add laughs or a laugh, what more people know as a laugh track. Um, there are a lot of shows now that are one camera comedies that, that go without a laugh track and without mm-hmm. an audience. And if you're sitting at home and you laugh at it, fine. If not, you don't. And a lot of them don't feel the pressure to be funny every seven seconds. It's like well, the- absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the shows that I was pitching were one camera shows. They weren't, you know, three or five camera shows. And, you know, I, I just felt that some of these guys weren't even watching stuff that were that it was on their networks yeah, yeah. like uh you know one of the uh, networks that I pitched I think it was uh, CBS the one that uh, for a while had Boston Legal on it and when that was they ABC asked me, Boston Legal okay, was ABC okay so it was ABC yes. so anyway when the uh, executive who was not a high-ranking executive he was more the executive that you saw when they just wanted to deflect you out of there as fast as they could um, but anyway <laughs> when I said to the executive when he said well uh, what uh, show what style would you compare the, your show to that might be running on our network and I said oh Boston Legal and he said mm, I'll have to watch that <laughs> It's on his network. Yes. <laughs> hey. And, and the more I have dealt with uh, television people in Hollywood, the more I've found that th- these people have less sense than the average guy at the bottom of your exit ramp holding a cardboard stand. Yeah, but no, to be fair, that was when we were there, and we don't know what it's like today. I don't know what it's like today. Uh, oh, I do. I do. Uh, I uh, Right now I'm working with a person who's pitching a show. It's a good show. It has a very good uh, cast with names in the cast, and uh, now they are... Like down to, uh, first off, they should have pitched it to a streaming service first, mm-hmm. which was my encouraging thing. But they went through networks, and now they're down, you know, through cable. Uh, uh, not to denigrate the logo network, but that's not really a network you want to have a show on if you want people to see but, it. You know, it, it's funny because uh, cable got started. I mean, a lot of the cable shows that we now revere as some of the best in television started as rejects from 
the the top three networks or the top yes. four networks mm-hmm. now, and they didn't want to go with it. And the cable company, whatever it was, came up and said, "We'll do it." And and mm-hmm. they were smart enough to stay out of it and let the yeah. creators of the show have full creative control, and they put out really good stuff. So that's why you know uh, on uh, cable networks, whether they are basic cable or uh, pay cable. That's why you have the much better shows like, uh, well, currently, say, Better Cold Saul uh, on, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, That's AMC. AMC. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and The Sinner uh, is also on, on AMC, and that's an excellent show. Exactly. Um, the, now, I saw a couple of articles today, interestingly enough, is that everybody is starting, I mean, it's not just starting, it's been going on for a long time, but it seems to be intensifying the death knell of the major networks. Um, mm-hmm. then, and that a lot of that was highlighted at the Emmys the other night because Netflix and Amazon were winning all these awards and for the top shows. So in, in other cable networks, I mean, you, you know, even like TBS and uh, things like that, the super channels that we don't even think of as networks. So the networks are in deep trouble. They, um, CBS lost Les Moonves, so they're kind of a ship without a rudder at the moment. Um, ABC, Disney's kind of calling the shots, and nobody's quite sure what's happening there. NBC is, what I, from what I read today, is about to make some big changes at the top, and nobody seems to know what they are. They, they have been shedding executives. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, and in, in, in all the top executives, people who make a name for themselves at the networks, are then drawn away by the Netflix and the Primes and, and those stations who say, hey, come here, you can do whatever you want. You uh, know, yeah. You're not going to yeah, have absolutely. corporate overlords to go talk to. And uh, I will say that I'm probably the, uh, uh, you know, the, the viewer that nobody wants. <laughs> they, they don't want me because I uh, look at schedules, I look at descriptions, and I say... You know, Inspector Morse looks pretty good. (laughs) So I watch Inspector Morse, and it's fine acting, and it's great writing, and it's complicated. It makes you think. And then you say, hmm, okay. Well, I know there are shows like that on HBO and uh, a couple on Prime and some on Netflix. Wait, you told me that you got addicted to Jack Ryan. <laughs> I did. I love Jack Ryan. I so, thought it was great. I, I, I didn't just get addicted. I binged it. I was through yeah. that show in two days. And, you know, I like shows like Ozark. Mm-hmm. Which I like I have Ozark. Yet to catch up on, on the new right. season. I am look, looking forward to the new season of Doctor I Who. I binged yeah. Iron Fist. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it's hey, you see Jessica Jones? That's really good. I, I love, love Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones. Yes, yeah. and Luke Cage. Yeah. Luke, Luke Cage, Cage is, is terrific. Think, and and then uh, Daredevil's coming back soon. Ooh, yes, that's kind yeah. of that, that's a fun. So show. it's like for anyone who thinks Marvel fanboys are just you know teenagers or young adults who have nothing to do but read comic books and play video games. Sorry. You got old guys. Yeah, you got who these like it old too. guys yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah. I love, I, give me a superhero <laughs> any day. That's that's great. And now hey. there, there's going to be more superheroes because they're Marvel just uh, sold 
uh, Marvel TV is going to do a, a female superhero. Uh, Brie Larson. No, no, no. That, well, that's Marvel. Captain Marvel. That's the next movie yeah. from the Marvel Cinematic mm -hmm. Universe. Marvel TV is separate, and they're ah. doing a female superhero that's to be written by the guy who wrote Wonder Woman. And, you know, um, there is a show that was recommended to me, and I'm enjoying it. It is kind of a traditional sitcom. It's not uh, uh, on any of the networks. It is on Netflix. Uh, but it has, like, the best superheroes you've ever seen. What? It's called Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience. I've never heard of Kim's that. Kim's Convenience. Yes, the, uh, the log line is, While running a convenience store in Toronto, members of a Korean-Canadian family deal with customers. <laughs> Okay, that sounds fascinating. You sure it's not a reality show? Oh well, it could it could be it could be. You know, they just could have set up some security cameras and and gone for it. Well, on that note, we're about out of time, and I have to go catch up with this week's Breaking Bad and the season finale of The Sinner. Wait, you're seeing this week's Breaking Bad? I, there is another week of break. What are you? No, I'm are sorry. You watching the old ones? Not Breaking Bad. Better call Saul. You know, I get them oh. mixed up because there there are some similarities. The, <laughs> Well, I heard now that uh, this this week they jump like six or seven months forward. Uh, shh, don't tell you, you might be ruining it for people who haven't seen it yet. And and I heard that a quiet, quiet, a, bit, quiet. A, a bell comes it. into no. play. <laughs> I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Okay, that's well, it. We are out of time. And, and, and so, and before Byron unleashes any more spoilers, I'm Steve. Oh, wait. I'm, Before we get to that, do you have a trivia question? Do I have a trivia question? That's just what I asked. You're, you're asking me, do I have a trivia That's question? That's the third time. Yes. Uh, no. Okay. So no trivia question this week because nobody answered the last one. I don't even, nobody ever I answers. I don't remember what it was. So uh, we're working in a vacuum here. The, uh... Oh! There... It's actually making a tone this week. Well, wow, you're dingling. I'm dingling. So anyway, I'm Steve. And I'm Byron. And we are Old Guys. Bitching. Bitching. Created, written, produced, and voiced by Steve Fisher and Byron Tidwell. Audio mix and editing by Byron Tidwell. Recorded by accident at studios in Seattle and Las Vegas. Archive podcasts at iTunes Podcast and at podcast.com backslash old hyphen guys hyphen bitching. Don't write out hyphen, just use the little dash thingy. Copyright 2018, all rights reserved. Thank you.